Okay. Yes. Episode four. Walking the bud. Bud, there goes the gate. We're out the gate. The birds are whistling. And we're off. The leash is on. It's about uh, 10 till 7 in the morning. I think it's June 19th. And it's still lingering cool weather. Fantastic. Arizona sunshine, not a cloud in the sky. And we're heading downhill. It's a good view of the, uh, the Indian Reservation out there in the mountains. Estrella, very pretty. The uh, plants that we do, the few plants we do have green. The birds are flying around and, and we're off. So, yeah. Episode four, I have no idea how these are going. Um, and that's okay. So we're just walking the dog. Buddy, hey bud. It's got a good balance on the uh, edge of the road. The, the uh, kind of like the gutters, if you will. Concrete curve, he's like balanced right on top. He's got, just walking right down the edge. <laughs> And he's off. So I hear some construction noises out in the distance. We got a new freeway coming in. And we don't know how that's going to turn out. As far as uh, noise levels, it'll be awesome for um, traffic and connections to different parts of the valley here. So right now we have to drive around this mountain to get to the west side. And I guess in about 18 months we'll be able to pop on this freeway and go on the south side of the mountain. So we'll see how that is. Have to come back to episode four. Remember episode four, the, when it was quiet. And maybe it will still be quiet. All right, so the neighbor's got some kind of device parked in the road. I don't know if he bought something new or renting something. It's in a crate. Looks pretty serious. It's got cones around it so you can uh, so you won't drive into it. But uh, I saw it last night. It looks looks really curious but now that I'm walking bud I can get a close-up look at it and see what it is. Might be a um, like a an oven or something. A pizza oven, maybe that's what it is. It's stone. That's what it looks like, a pizza oven. An oven uh, brick. That's kind of like a hip thing to do, right? In the backyard, have your own brick oven, pizza oven. So there you go. Who would have thought that? It's probably like ancient Greek technology our Roman Empire, a couple thousand years old, a little brick oven to put uh, bread in there and uh, toast it. <laughs> 2018 modern convenience. Do that in your backyard. Yeah, so what's going on in uh, Buddy's 
buddy's life. He's on his medication, so he, t he likes those pill pockets. Tastes like bacon. So he gets his fluconazole medication, which is valley fever. Um, dogs get that too. So his blood tests have shown that it, the symptoms showed up about three months ago and Bud, Bud's back just curled up. He's only like four years old and he was, he was in pain. So we took him into the vet and they think it's um, valley fever. So he's been on that medication for about three months. We'll do a couple more months. The uh, last blood test showed that it went down. And he's off his pain meds. He had some uh, anti-inflammatory anti-inflammatory drugs for Bud. But he seems like back to normal already. Um, and he's just hustling around, having a good good time, loving life, and full of energy like, like we would expect a four-year-old dog to have. So that's cool. That's good. It's a good dog. Good, good, fun dog to have around. And of course, dogs are awesome because he listens to all my great words of wisdom. You know, <laughs> no debate. So I can't. I don't know. Part of me can't help but debating. But uh, man, Twitter is just alive. Some of these people I follow, or there are these um, organized religious leaders that, for some reason, feel like they're compelled to comment on every political issue of the day and mostly like the the media that throws it up in people's face i i kind of like i think the big story right now is north korea really but it's taken second place to this immigration thing and this is uh this will disappear in a few months it'll be replaced by some other story that that's the kind of the times we live in i guess or maybe it's the same in the Roman Empire, too. <clears throat> that uh, the emperor would have some scandal or something. It would go around for a while, probably. Or so-called scandal. But yeah, North Korea. What an awesome uh, deal right now. So let's, uh, it'd be really cool if there was some kind of peace made there. And end of all this strife or something so uh, it's like 30 million people I think that live in this crazy governmental situation in North Korea and there's actually signs that uh, it's going to end in my you know not just the uh, nuclear military stance but maybe maybe uh, investment and um, change, abundance mentality, right? They'll be uh, developing the economic conditions. The standard of living will go way, way up in North, uh, North Korea. So that's a good thing. And no one wants to give credit to this current president in 2018, Donald Trump. People just want to pile on the guy. People hate him. There's so many haters out there, man. Oh, so many haters. I guess they say haters are going to hate. So I guess any energy I expend to put out a different view and look at things positively 
is just a waste of my energy because those haters are going to hate. <laughs> it's so, it's so unfortunate. And, and, uh, so here it is, I'm walking my dog, you know, and if some of these people that are so distraught about Trump and so angry about him, they have such anger. If they would just, instead of tweeting or something about it, try walking their dog. I'm getting out my poop bag right now. Try get a dog, walk your dog, and think about the crap that they tweet. Is it really that important? You know, it's like we all have various opinions and so forth. And uh, of course, of course, we think we're right about it, right? But it's not that important being right. Being right's overrated. So that's a good philosophy to have. But you wouldn't know it because no one really, very few people demonstrate that being right is overrated. That's that's not. The, the purpose of Twitter. Well, per- Twitter has no purpose other than just 160 characters, is it, or 140, or they doubled it. I can't figure out what they did. Maybe it's 280. Who knows? But it's just a tweet. It's just words, which is pretty amazing because you can, in a few characters, words, you can, uh, you know, put out some pretty inflammatory statements that really fire up and tweak people's emotions. I mean, I, I get tweaked, and then I counter-tweet, or tweak, try to tweak them back, tweak people back. So, it's kind of a sport, kind of fun, but it's pretty much a waste of time. But at least it's it's a limit. That's probably the best thing about Twitter, is that you can only have so many characters, so you, you've got to be succinctly um, debating someone or putting out an idea. But it's real fun now to attach URLs, right? You go find an article that supports your opinion, and you throw it up there, and you go, "Ah!" Essentially, it's like, "Oh, I, you know, I'm right." And look, here's an article that supports my view. Ah. <laughs> so important, so important. And yet, here we are walking the dog, the sun shining, blue skies, beautiful day. And I got some things to do, and I'm living in a situation of grace right now. I, I don't know, I just never always felt striving. And maybe that's part of the Twitter experience, too, is, is you, you strive to be right or strive to be recognized. And it's like, well, why? What, just Can we live in grace and mercy and peace and love? and uh, live in this condition and remember that Twitter doesn't matter, Facebook doesn't matter. It's just some weird electronics tool that's just so sterile and it's not eyeball to eyeball relationships. It's just some, I mean, there's some guy, I think he might be in Nashville, Tennessee, who I have no idea what his day-to-day living is, but he's just a pontificator of crap. And he's got a position of authority in this organized religion. And it's just so disgustingly pompous, you know. And he, one book I read is a guy talked about 
someone tweezes his bumpus. Must be a British thing. Hey, way to go. A runner. It's hard to run with a dog, but uh, there's someone I know running, working some exercise. It's good. I wish my knee was better. I'm uh, try. I wish that glucosamine stuff would work awesomely. Maybe it will. Um, again, no, no infomercials on <laughs> these podcasts. I'm not selling anything. So, um, yeah, it's, it feels pretty good out here walking the bud. Like I say, it's, it's pretty soon, like probably tomorrow or the next day, it's going to be 80, low 80s, and the sun's going to burn poor bud's black coat. Morning. Yeah, we got someone on a bike coming by. Great. Um, but Bud's black coat will absorb that heat from the sun and he'll probably want to sit down and just be worn out from the walking. But these walks shouldn't be so long, but I'll, I'll know because I have a timestamp on the episode when we're all done. But uh, I'll try to keep them, keep them to 30 minutes. And uh, yeah, 30 minutes would be a good, a good walk. And this is the the dustless route. I'm just going to stay on the sidewalk. Maybe a few few feet of excursions into the rocky, dusty soil, but that's about it. So yeah, Twitter and uh, debating things. I like NoCo. NoCo is cool, and let's get that going and get some good abundance. It's not a zero-sum game, right? I mean, if what is that? It's so philosophically interesting because you got it right now. If it's if every if everything was a zero sum game, then there's no way you could bring peace to NoCo because it, there's 30 million people there that are trapped in a system that limits their freedom and they're limited on how they may work, do things, contribute to the community around them because the community around them is being dictated by leaders. A, a few number of people trying to tell millions of people what to do. Well, gee, is that what these people are proposing on Twitter? You know, like they have the right idea about everything. So listen to them. So yeah, spirit of God, I, I, I suppose that's what it, a lot of it is, is Although these people claim to be these great religious leaders, they probably do totally miss out on the power of God and the Holy Spirit. And by that I mean they, they only will recognize behaviors from God and the Holy Spirit that line up with what they expect to be the behaviors that fit into their norm, right? So... You know, you've got to believe politically what they believe, or they just they just have no um, tolerance for alternate views. It's like either black or white. You know, it's like all or nothing. And I, I I'm battling that myself because I'm obviously I disagree with most of those clowns, but um, they are and. I, I, it's weird. I don't hear a, a voice. I don't hear an alternative voice 
from anyone in a different position. It's like the name of the organization is called the Ethics and Religious Liberty, which is kind of weird to me. I always found this weird that there's a guy who's head of some organization for an organized religion focused on ethics and religious liberty, which, and these guys are so, the general organization of this organized religion is so into inerrancy of scripture, which I'm not debating. I think it's fine. I guess I go with that. Inerrancy of scripture. But, you know, you look at the times that Paul was the apostle and his teaching and his writings, and they're all spun up over this Romans chapter 13 thing about obeying the government. Well, several months ago, I thought, man, this, this guy that's head of this ethics and religious liberty organization. I mean, Paul would laugh at him if he was, if he was on his team. Like, I think it was Mark was the guy that Paul kicked off of his team. <laughs> that's probably who this guy is, kind of like. Paul would kick this guy off his team. I'm, I'm convinced. And the main reason is that the guy spends all his time trying to correct things politically. And really, the, the, the kind of things he's proposing or saying and the positions and he's going on the media and he's quite a popular guy. And I actually, I like not mentioning his name because, you know, that, that kind of gives him some notoriety by that. But the basic idea is that if, if he was on Paul's team and the Roman Empire was going on, that's the government at the time, and he was, he was proposing all this religious liberty, the emperor would just like, you know, chop his head off. You know, it's like that's the biblical position. You keep complaining about the current administration of the government here. Back in the biblical result would be you're going to get your head cut off, dude. Is that really a good idea? Why don't you get get down to preaching the gospel? So, I much prefer Paul. I suppose that's why he's, his writings made it into this thing called the Bible, which is also kind of a mystery, too. But anyways, I'm not going to get into that so much right now. But, uh, you know, it's kind of, maybe this is all like being a lawyer and being legalistic. It's like, well, if you believe the Bible's inerrant and you look at the times of Paul and his basic statements, Paul was not fighting against the government. And it makes so much more sense to look at people as individuals. And also the story of the message of God that we get through the Jewish people and through the scriptures is that we're a fallen people, so we have imperfections. So when you kind of agree with a guy, their kind of quote-unquote political policies, you overlook their natural, um, what do you call it, sinfulness or deficiencies or imperfections. If you agree with them politically, then, oh, wow, we'll just overlook that. But all of a sudden now you got a guy that in in the leadership who's they don't like politically for whatever reason. So he can do no right. Nothing he does is right. And yet we're winning. And they hate that someone say, We're winning. Is it you know, what does that mean? It's like they're just so angry about it. 
and I think unemployment is a really good thing. Like if people have jobs, I think that's wonderful. And if you look at North Korea, there's 30 million people that don't really have real jobs. They have this government sanctioned, it's kind of slave, like maybe kind of nice slavery in a lot of times, but I guess there's a few hundred thousand in gulags or something, which isn't so good. But that's NOCO, baby, NOCO. And uh, hopefully things are changing. Hopefully we'll get a win out of NOCO. But certainly in this, these United States of America, we have some winning going on. We've got unemployment heading down, which means that people have jobs. And, and jobs are good things. Jobs are awesome. More jobs. Let's get it going. And we're heading that way. And there's some great things happening. But there's just such, so many whiners right now. They don't like... The only way... One way to sum it up is they don't like the winning. And we're, you know... I know we, I know we were going to get tired of winning. And we're headed that way. We're getting so tired of it. But I guess it's a good thing about these people who are complaining about all the winning. Is that it reminds us that we are winning. <laughs> and... And we should enjoy it. And let's look for some more winning. So I'm not tired of winning yet because I want to keep winning. Let's go no-co. Let's get a win. And slipping into World Cup soccer, we need the Germans to beat SoCo, South Korea. But first they have to beat Sweden. They have to, they have to beat the Javalia drinking Swedes this Saturday in Russia. We can't have the Germans get kicked out of Russia so early again, just like World War II, you know, Stalingrad. Can't have that happening. So anyway, that's the World Cup, SoCo, NoCo. And um, yeah, I got, it's still early in the morning, I got to get going, I'm going to do some work today. And uh, did f work on the refrigerator. That was quite challenging. Got the refrigerator cover door off. You had to get that off to get to the the flapper. But it turns out I don't think the flapper is the problem. And it might be the board now. And so I feel a little bit weird about getting in there and replacing stuff and thinking that was the problem. But... Maybe it wasn't really the problem. So maybe it's the electronic board that's the problem. But am I going to replace that and find out that something else is the problem and, you know, keep chasing the problem? But that's, that's all right. Maybe that's okay. I know how to take the cover off, which means i got to take that off again. And it might be just that union. Because I, I see there's a flapper door that keeps the ice. These are really huge problems, right, people? You know, making sure that ice doesn't leak onto the floor which is a good thing so if you imagine like you want to be a, the, the luxury of sticking your glass <laughs> up to the door and not having to open the door i mean to some extent there's some energy green effect right because we're not opening the door to get ice out but you 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 buy the 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 desire to stick your your cup up against the door against a button, a pad, have the electronics like open this door up and allow ice to drop into your cup 
all that technology of electronics is uh, fraught with complexity, right? It's not good enough just to cool the ice tray anymore. You know, now you got to have it feed through the door. And I do like the uh, crushed ice feature, which essentially is, uh, you know, this is for those of you who aren't quite engineers like me. It's uh, you have a desire for crushed ice, right? Isn't that isn't crushed ice? Isn't that great? So how do you get it? Well, you need some kind of mechanical device to crush that ice and break it up into small pieces. So what, what are you going to do with that? Well, you know, I guess some steel or something will do it, right? So if you look at the ice door, you'll see it's like a, a Christmas tree of blades that are uh, separated by a few degrees. Those are 360 degrees make a circle. So um, maybe there's four blades 90 degrees apart. I have a feeling there's 60 or six blades, but six blades stacked and six goes into 360, 60 times. So like 60 degrees apart and there's a motor that drives that. So as the ice drops into these blades, they crush them against another piece of steel. And so the motor, motor and drive unit is important and the electronics to do all that are important. So I have a feeling it's unfortunately the board behind the uh, controller, which makes all that magic happen. But it comes down to simplicity, right? It starts with, hey, I want crushed ice. How do I get it? Well, you got to have some metal. Metal will do it. Okay. So how do I make sure, like, someone pushes this button, they want cubed ice or crushed ice? Okay, well, goes into this electronic gizmo and tells it to either crush it or don't crush it. That's about it. And the joy of crushed ice non-crushed ice and I think the people in North Korea have been missing that for many years <laughs> so they'll get some Samsung refrigerators from South Korea and they'll probably start building some Samsung refrigerators because um, they'll move a factory probably up from the south and put it in the north and uh, things will be great for I don't know, maybe 10, 20, 30 years, whatever. Just, it's, again, it's the job thing, man. And it, and these opinion people, back to Twitter, it's like people that espouse all these opinions and get angry or, you know, say, you know, get outraged about different things. It's like, what a luxury to get outraged, isn't it? Think about it, right? So if, if you were... Over the last 10 years, let's say you really struggled to find a job or have a good job and just the general mood in the, the U.S. of A, which is not the center of the universe, but it's pretty close to the center of my universe. But, I, you know, I got to bloom where I'm planted, man. So, so I'm planted here. This is my spot. So, you know, the last 10 years hasn't been all that awesome for people that want jobs and work. And that's why we had such huge unemployment. Now, it's great that people can 
get back to work, do stuff, get some income, make decisions, have freedom. Like a job is kind of like freedom, right? You, you have income, you can make choices when you do that. So make good choices. I, you know, I, I don't always make great choices, but at least I have choices to make and uh, learn from the choices you made in the past and go forward. So I guess this is a choice to do a podcast. And uh, Bud's taking a little longer way home. He's enjoying the weather, so he wanted to go a little bit longer, a little extra five minutes or so. Well, that's okay. Bud's having a good time. So, yeah, so where was I with the unemployment, no-co, investment, Samsung refrigerators, ice makers? Um, it's just kind of all good stuff. So it's, this is, you know, out in public, even though this, is, this, is a, this podcast obviously is public. But um, these are the mundane things that we all kind of deal with. We deal with our own mundane issues. And um, and yet, on the public, we, it's, there's some kind of drive to have this public persona, public impression, and impress people with how awesome we are. But yeah, we're not awesome. I mean, we're just trying to do our thing. And... Uh, I mean, we are awesome. I guess I shouldn't say that. Everybody's awesome in a way. And it's back to my thought of where are you an outlier? So I don't mind just kind of speaking off the top of my head and saying what I think. And obviously I'm willing to change what I think if, if, if there's some good reasons from others. You know, show me something on why I should change my opinion. That's fine. But I'm willing to share, and until I hear something contrary, my opinion is as valid as anyone else's, right? And and some, we got a little noise in the background now. Some uh, concrete work. I don't know. Could be a swimming pool work. So there you go. guys working and uh, so someone's getting some work around the house great it's the magic hand of um, what do you call it free enterprise or what have you someone has a need they're willing to pay money if they have something done and so we get that freedom going and that free flow of capital that's great free flow of of wealth, pay for something good, give money, put money out there for something that's good. There's a lot of that going on. And it's not all just charity, but it, you know, companies that employ people is, is grace. And uh, they have a desire to offer services and it has to have value. It's, everything's about value. Someone, I'm looking at this kind of ugly purple Chevy car right now. Kind of small. I'm six five, so I'd never buy a car like that. Not because I can't stand General Motors for stealing fifty thousand dollars from our family, but that's that's a whole other story. Um, well, just briefly, they had a they just 
bankrupt in 2008 and the government decided to let all the bondholders go. I think they should have let China buy General Motors and, or at least sell off certain product lines. Why couldn't they sold Pontiac to the Chinese so that they could pay the bondholders? Totally against the um, concepts of the American business system. You, you, if, if General Motors is bankrupt, you don't just screw the bondholders. Bondholders come before stockholders, and they didn't do that. So, do some research, people. It's happened. I think it was like four billion, four billion dollars they screwed out of investors like my family. But we only got pinged for fifty thousand. So, my dad was pretty good not to put all his eggs in one General Motors basket. What a screw job. <laughs> so, <laughs> But nobody knows, nobody cares. People still buy the General Motors crap because they have marketing and they sell stuff. And of course, the marketers aren't going to tell you that they screwed the uh, bondholders. And there's no justification for it, but there you go. People that, and again, this is, this is like any argument, right? So people are going to love General Motors. They're going to love their Cadillacs. Oh, Cadillac, great car, American, American. Frickin' American car, Cadillac. Woohoo! Yeah, well, guess what? They screwed it like a lot of people out of a lot of money just so they could keep that Cadillac brand going. So I prefer to buy German. <laughs> I don't buy new cars anyways, but I love a good old, good old, literally old, like eight to ten year old Mercedes. That's my that's how I roll, baby. Yeah. Eight to ten year old Mercedes Benz. Love them. So, yeah, because let's see, here's the thing on, on engineering. The whole country in Germany is all about speed. Those cars are designed for 150 miles an hour. So, if you're designing something to go 150 miles an hour, well, then it can drive 65, 75 without a problem. And it's well made, and it's good. But you got management in Detroit that kind of sucks. And they're all about the marketing because there's further, further proof that people will buy the marketing of General Motors. But yeah, it's changed a lot in the last 30 years. In the 70s and 80s, people were all about anti-rice burners, which were the Japanese cars, which are pretty good. But I bet you if you go into it, the German or the Japanese didn't copy General Motors cars or Ford. They copied the Germans probably, more than likely. Same with South Korea and their Hyundais and Kias, people. I don't think they're copying General Motors and Ford, Chrysler. They would be copying Volkswagen, BMW, Audi. Because why? Why not? Why wouldn't you copy the best? So there you go. And that's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. And I'm sure if there are some pro-American car industry people out there, they would disagree with me. But you can just lift the hood, start looking around, and you'll see all the components and the way it's put together. And it's just Americans don't support engineering. They treat engineers like crap. So there you go.
Um, what else? But that's okay. I mean, I'm not complaining about it. It's just the way it is. So, And the beautiful thing is we can uh, choose to buy German. I don't really like the 25% tariffs that were implemented or being proposed. Maybe they'll get that settled. That kind of ticks off the Germans who are selling lots of cars here. But uh, They probably have a way of getting around it because, I mean, they do have a lot of final assembly plants in Alabama and South Carolina. BMW has a nice one. So with the final assembly plants there, they can probably wheeze a lot of some of the tariffs and they'll probably negotiate and say like, well, we're exporting a lot of Z4s from South Carolina back to Germany, so give us a break on our 5 Series that we bring in. And oh, we do change the headlights in South Carolina, so give us a break there on that. So blah, blah, blah. And they'll be negotiating and arguing over the details of all these tariff things. And uh, maybe, I sh- maybe the expression, the devil is in the details, that, that's probably really a poor thing. It's probably... Jesus is in the details. (laughs) It's not the devil in the details. Truth and goodness is in the details. Let's go with the details. It's not, that's maybe another lie of Satan. (laughs) The devil is in the details is a lie from Satan, people. So, yeah, yeah. Goodness is in the details. I don't know, maybe that's, another title of a podcast. Maybe that's what podcasting does. It just helps generate ideas. I'm doing this, I guess, for myself. I mean, I don't, I don't do the podcast because I think I'm, you know, changing the world with wisdom and knowledge. But, uh, I just kind of rant, rant on, rant, you know, do it. And I, I kind of liked some of the people I've met in the last couple years about writing books and writing I'm a, I guess it turns out I'm a, I'm discovering my, my who I am here come some runners hi morning. morning catch up to mom now let's go come on come on so it's still cool enough to run out here dang I wish my knee was better and uh, I just don't have the knowledge to fix my knee so no and here we are at the gate, and I let Bud in, almost home. And uh, so, yeah, the, the walking, talking, Buddy, the schnoodle, he's such a great dog. And he's such a great listener. <laughs> so uh, if you have a dog, you can, and he's at home. Yeah, that there you go. It's the virtual dog walk, so. For those of you who do own dogs and have a hard time getting them out for a walk, you can put this put this podcast out and see if your dog enjoys, enjoys it. <laughs> it's the virtual dog walk, you know? So I doubt it. I don't think your dog will be that satisfied <laughs> by, by playing this podcast for him in his cage or whatever. But uh, who knows? I mean, I, I, like I said, I probably walked the bud on these kind of walks. Let's see, how many times did I say? He's four years old. Let's say three, 300 days a year, twice. And I have almost probably 2,000 times. 
So I'm in, I am definitely in unconscious walking mode. I mean, really, you do something 2,000 times, I almost get into the Malcolm Gladwell level of 10,000. So hopefully Bud can hang in there so I can hit to 10,000 dog walks. Huh, Bud, what do you think of that? And I think these are about over a mile, so maybe two. So dog, Bud, you're gonna have like 20,000 miles on you. Probably already, you probably have more than that, but your uh, dogometer, you don't really have an odometer, but you, you might have a dogometer. So, the bud walk. And uh, back up on the curb, got the good balance going. That's a good sign. Um, got all four legs pouncing on that curb. And uh, I think the black asphalt is probably a little bit warmer, even though it's still early. His little pads on his feet probably recognize that uh, the concrete is cooler than the asphalt. And here comes a Tesla. That's tight. Very nice. Again, my opinion on cars. Not my choice in a car, Tesla. I, I just don't believe in that you can instantly create a vehicle that's going to be long-lasting with no history. I know you can hire great people that are smart and they probably use a lot of components and systems from existing cars and they copy from other people. And essentially the, the key feature of the Tesla is the engine, which is a battery, hybrid, whatever, electric motor, and they're working on batteries and it's all so exciting. But, you know, I think their range is like 300 miles or something. So, put some. It's a different world. Yeah, we'll get there eventually. But uh, I, I think the the Germans are doing the right thing. They'll eventually get there, and we're gonna have driverless cars in the next five or ten years, which will be fine. Even though I'm a, I like to drive myself a bit but for the most part my car sits 160 hours a week out of 168 probably sits 162 doing nothing so quote-unquote an inefficient use of resources which we've all accepted for a hundred years and that's okay and be open to change be open to a driverless car, which you don't own, which you don't put fuel in, which you don't change the tires, which you don't do maintenance, which you don't pay insurance on, which you just sit in and get you from point A to point B. And maybe that will get more people interaction instead of Twitter interaction. And I'm walking uphill, so a little bit out of breath, but not bad. And we're coming down to the close of... Uh, episode four, I believe, and uh, on Apple Podcasts, I don't believe they're playing the fine music of my favorite saxophone player, Mindy Abier, but I will continue to do that on Anchor, because I think for some reason on Anchor they do play it, but not on Apple Podcasts, which is weird because they have a little button there. It's kind of like a marketing thing for the music. 
So if you do like the music, you probably push the button and go, hey, I like that music. And then you might buy the, uh, the album. So we're in the backyard. Oh, I got to do the feet. Bud's feet, pads were kind of dusty. So I like to soak them in the pool. He doesn't really like it that much. But for this podcast only, I'll probably give you a, the full experience of the, the Bud Walk, which includes a dip in the swimming pool. And his feet are now in the water. So I lift up one paw at a time and shake the dust from his feet so that, so that he doesn't spread the dust throughout the house. And it might have been causing his valley fever. So that dust and pollen and stuff on his feet, he would later lick off maybe. So maybe there's some medical purposes for this. So he wants to go inside because the door's open, but I got to dry off his feet with a towel. Here's a towel. Where's that towel? I'll do another one. And the uh, family's speaking German. Gotta love that. And uh, here we are. So, buddy, let me dry off the feet. Hang in there, bud. The full process. Dry this foot. Ooh, ooh, it's okay, bud. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Let's get this foot. Oh, yeah. There we go. Now the rears, whoop, not the rear, the rear brakes. And the rear drive of the paws need to be, the pads need to be clean. They don't have to be changed. But we do need to dry off the pads. There we go. So we're all good. Now the bud can go say hi and be excited. There he goes. There he is. He's back home. And he's barking. So, 46 minutes, folks. Um, have a good day.